Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's been recording nonstop for millions of years. Mm, I just, don't think that's true. Become a Patreon now to get the extra footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the Noobs and the Hoobie, and my name is Austin, I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 102, covering series 7, episode 7, The Rings of Akaten. This is the one where the Doctor and Clara save a little girl from being eaten by a zombie by feeding a leaf to a star. Uh, it put it that total way. sense total if you actually sense. watched the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was story number 233, originally airing April 6th, 2013, to, okay, here we go, guys. 5.5 million live viewers with a time-shifted count of 7.45 million viewers with an additional two-ish million views on iPlayer throughout the month of April. So some uh, people watched it. <laughs> This Get is what I'm calculator saying. out, guys. Complicated well, math. This is what I'm saying. Ahead. The the last one, it was yeah. just like this many viewers, and then this one right. gives you like this detailed breakdown. So obviously, there's and the people that have watched it all the way up until 2019. Yeah, is, well, I mean that's plus, like, impossible to know. Five point five million live with time shifted count of seven point four five. But is that plus seven point four five? No, no, no. It's or? it's like if you if you account for the time shift, and I don't even know what the time shift is. Does that, does that mean twenty four hours? Does uh, that mean America? Like, uh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, so oddly enough, the even the ratings are timey wimey, wibbly wobbly balls of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so at any rate, uh, this one was written by Neil Cross and directed by Farron Blackburn, who did the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, and that's it. Oh, he did that one. Sad. He did this one, and goodbye. Uh, haven't heard from him bye again bye. since then. Under uh, miscellaneous trivia, this was just something I noticed. I didn't think about this until I was uh, working on the notes uh, about an hour ago. This is the second episode in a row where the doctor, well, excuse me, where Clara hops on the back of a moped bike space thing of some kind, riding behind oh, the doctor. That's so funny. You remember the last episode? She they they rode, they on, rode a, on a motorcycle thingy yes or as they said a motorbike nope. uh but yeah so and, and which that uh a version of that some sort of uh, production photo of her riding behind him on the motorbike is like the series 702 like artwork right it's huh. it's them riding on this motorcycle so the first time i saw that i was like okay is the motorcycle like a new really important part of the show. Uh, you know, it was, it was just as misleading as when <laughs> we were talking about how him wearing the top hat, holding oh, yeah. the cane on the ladder and holding Clara's hand never, never actually happens. happens. It's the same it kind of thing. Couldn't where, have even happened. But, uh, right, yeah. No part of that even made sense. And he never wears that hat like ever again. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's you would the think cane for? <laughs> all of, uh, actually, only... I, I said cane, but it wasn't even a cane. It looks like a cane, but it's actually uh, an umbrella, isn't it? I think uh, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So at any rate, uh, so yeah. episode two in a row of of the doctor jumping on a motorbike type thing. This time it's a space moped, which, which by the way, was awesome. <laughs> and the space did not moped. look like a moped. Uh, yeah, What's I don't know why other? they called it a moped, but it was definitely like space moped. So oh, that was so that was fun. fun. Um, under the cast this week, we had Dave Oswald. So Clara's dad was played by Michael Dixon. Now, the only reason that I brought this up, because I, I looked up a couple of different actors and it, it was it was the normal stuff guys everybody on this episode has appeared on coronation street uh, and <laughs> has been in like every other bbc thing but this one caught my eye and i wanted to bring this to your attention dave also played 
a party goer in the 2011 TV movie Mega Python versus Gatoroid. What does wow. that even mean? I don't know, but it's going to be Friday's movie night. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to go scour the earth and find a copy of Mega Python versus Gatoroid. I love Gatoroid. I had to read that like three times. I'm like, like Gatoroid? Gatoroid? Is, Gator- is it like is it like an asteroid made out of an alligator? Is it a gator <laughs> the size of an asteroid? What is it? It's a Gatorade. Roids concoction. Oh, that's what it is. It's, it's so Mega Duh. Python is spends the entire movie trying to drink a bottle of steroid infused Gatorade. Yes, I guess so. I mean, I don't see why. Not. So far, this pitch is going about as well as I imagine the pitch went for Sharknado, and they made five of those. So I mean, uh. let's, you know, let's get on this. Uh, so Christine, when you're done writing uh-huh. season two of uh-huh. The Boy Doctor, you can get on. Uh, our version of Mega Python versus Gatoroid. By the way, uh, uh, stay tuned for an announcement about our upcoming spinoff podcast. Dad remembers episodes of TV shows incorrectly slash uh. movies. Uh, <laughs> so we're just going to take titles of movies we've never seen and describe them. And then also we'll talk about things like uh, flight of the navigator, where I completely remembered a different movie uh, uh, that, that doesn't exist, but should. All right. So uh, the other thing in the cast is grandfather slash the mummy. Um, he's actually credited as, the mummy. So we spend the whole episode calling him the old god slash grandfather, only to find out that the it's old god slash grandfather is actually the star. And, and, and is also a mummy space mummy. Is. And the yes, he's definitely a yeah. space mummy because he's got a weird shaped head. Mummies and are actually all, space. But although, although he looks very old, decrepit, and mummyish, he's got amazing teeth. Yeah. I mean, did y'all notice that? Those were the whitest teeth. In all like of the seven worlds like of Akaten. Got someone with messed up teeth or like yellow the teeth or like put on some specific teeth. To make I mean, it look- almost looks like they gave him fake plastic white teeth. I mean, that's how uh, shiny they are. They look like, like, like pristine porcelain. How come, though, he didn't look like anyone else, like any other alien no race other that we alien saw? No other alien looked like That's that. true. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even look like... Uh, the people that the were timeless worshiping queen him. or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like I, I guess it makes sense because if you look like them, then he's not a god. He's just Another a mummy. God. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> he was played by Aiden Cook. Now, the reason I bring up Aiden Cook is Aiden Cook is our new guy in the suit on Doctor Who. Ah. I can't remember the other guy's name, but y'all remember how like anytime yeah, there was a guy dog. in a suit, it was the same guy. <laughs> this is like the new guy in the suit. Um, and I don't know if this is like with the shift in... Um, in, in showrunners that we got a new guy or something, but he's going to come up time and time again. He's played a Cyberman. He's played a Zygon. Oh, well, will play a Zygon. Uh, some other random monsters coming up, uh, both on Doctor Who. And I think also he did some like Torchwood mm-hmm. and Sarah Jane Adventure stuff mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, whatever monster of the week uh, <laughs> there as well. So, You're a great actor with someone else's face. Whatever. <laughs> with a monster's uh. face. Guys, News in the Whovian, as always, is brought to you by R5 Website Management. You guys know the drill. You can get your world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. As always, we've got a special deal going just for noobs in the Whovian listeners and those lucky enough to know one. Go to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off your entire order and get started on your awesome website today. All right, so that brings us down to the checklist. Name of the episode spoken in dialogue? Check. Got that one. Yep. Several times. Uh, yeah. yeah what, okay. I, I was going to say a couple of times. At the beginning of the episode, he was like, welcome to the rings of Akatan or whatever. And then I'm pretty sure they mentioned it on a couple of, like on the planet that they went to. Yeah. Someone yeah. mentioned it. 
Yeah, I was trying to remember how many times the actual phrase, the rings of Akaten, was said. And I know it was at least two. He definitely said it in the opening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right as they came out. Yeah, definitely. Welcome to the rings of Akaten. Uh, Creature of the Week. We Oh, my gosh. Uh, Did this episode remind y'all of anything? Um, That one cantina scene. I was going to say, other than the cantina (laughs) scene in Star Wars. Doctor Who. In Doctor Who. uh, Does this remind you of anything? I'm, the I'm contained the scene episode. in the Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. It's, so this reminds me of uh, Rose's first adventure, right? Yeah, where yeah. they went to the end of the world, and it was kind of the same thing. And they spent like, half their budget, on, right? Yeah, for the entire season, all these random aliens showing you up. Never see ever again, right? Yeah, like what? We had well, one we did well because that's where we met um, the face of Bo. Yeah. But we also had. Uh, I want to say there there have been like. I'm trying to think of, did every companion have like this episode where they go in and there's just like a bunch of <laughs> rando aliens because I'm thinking Because they gotta that, meet the universe or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure Amy got one. What was Martha's second episode though? Her second episode? Yeah, like when she actually Oh, her first her first adventure all episode? the aliens. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't think she had one like that. But I mean, there was definitely one like that with Donna. And yeah, Amy did. Uh, Amy had. Yes. Well, no, no, no. Amy's. I'm thinking of the the one with the space whale. But those were just humans. Those were actually those were actually British people. Those were <laughs> totally not aliens. Um, and as her first off world adventure. Um, but but even then, even then, there was sort of the like marketplace feel. Even though it was yeah. humans, there was sort of that you know I'm in a I'm in another place and there's mm-hmm. alien things. Even though they were humans. So um, I, I love when when they do that, when they like take the new companion and just like throw them in the deep end. And Clara like embraced it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> creatures. So just a few of the ones that I wanted to point out. First of all, we had Doreen, which if you watched it with closed captioning on, as we tend to do, this was not Doreen. This was Doreen. This is D-O-R apostrophe. So like, you know, glottal stop or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, this was the barking moped saleswoman. Which, uh, why didn't it translate? Yeah, why didn't I it? Don't, the Wikia pointed that out, and it said that uh, this may have been the second, or excuse me, the first of two examples in this episode of the TARDIS not liking Clara. Oh, uh, what? Because remember, remember when she tried to open the doors? And uh, she said, I think, I think it doesn't like me? That's... Do you remember that? But that's because oh. she didn't get a key. That's because she doesn't understand how the TARDIS works. She didn't have a key. It's not because it yeah. didn't like her. Well, okay. All right. So I'm just I'm just telling you what was there. So this, Plus, it this did translate other people. It yeah. did translate other more more humanoid uh, creatures, but not But if they didn't not have any reason. alien languages, it so, would seem sloppy and like they didn't well, try that's the, doing it. That's the thing is the production they, level. Yeah. That wasn't an level, alien language, though. Was, that was people barking. It's not production could, level was like well, that's oh, their language. Gosh. That's their language. Yeah, but it's not like they made Klingon just to have an alien that language. That was actually pretty cool. Oh, I see. It's what just you're people barking. No, but, on, but again, on the production level, on you know, on the, the audience level, this is so that we get that experience of there's it's alien, mm-hmm. right? Because if she can understand everyone, then it's a little less alien. Yes, you know, internal consistency wise, and, she should have absolutely. And setting understood. in the it's fact. Stupid. <laughs> that you can hear and understand like every language ever kind of makes it seem like why is that? A yeah, thing? we do run into times where that's not the case, mm. but and I didn't now that we're talking about it, Clara never mentioned the fact, hey, why can I understand some people? 
Yeah. She never Probably brought that up. Probably because she never realized. Like, when did you get to Yeah, because I guess the main ones language. that she understood were humanoids. So maybe she thought, oh, these are they are just speaking. You know, if somebody who looks like you comes up and starts speaking your language, that's not weird. You're not going to assume yeah. right. that they're just a random alien. Right. It would be a little weirder if a dog-like creature came up to you and started speaking And English you understood you. them. Yeah. Like, hey, what yeah. is happening? With... With a British accent, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's see. We also had The Vigil. Now, The Vigil, I don't know if y'all caught their name in, in the episode. The Vigil were the the uh, the creepy ones that it was their job to drag the Queen of Years mm-hmm. to Grandfather. And uh, th- I brought them up because, one, they were just kind of cool looking. God and I love the name, The Vigil. And that was my mm-hmm. other thing is they have the spookiest voice on Doctor Who since oh, Chloe Webber. I'm like... Yeah. If it wasn't for those captions, I would have no idea what they were saying yeah. right now. You know, I really? don't think I ever realized they were speaking yeah. until this time because I didn't watch it with closed <laughs> captions in the past. So See, that's um, why closed captions are so That's right. Pro tip from Noobs in the Whovian. Always use closed captions when you're watching a show They're like definitely this. not annoying sometimes when they're taking up the entire bottom third of the screen and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, or when the uh, credits are rolling at the beginning and they can't decide where to put the closed captioning because they don't want to cover up the credits, so they put it at the top and end up yeah. covering the actor's face. That's not annoying at all. Or better yet, when it just goes at the top in the middle of an episode for no, no reason. For no apparent reason. Why is this even happening? <laughs> all right. So uh, we also had the random alien that we had to, to had to pause multiple times and debate whether or not it was a half or not. I thought y'all were. It was not. It was debating not. whether or not it was a Sycorax. I was like, oh yeah, it actually it had the it had, it the, had the bubbly thing. It kind of yeah. had the a version of the bubbly mask breather thing. And that's why, and then I, when I, I had to look up, I was like, what were those things even called? And then I was like, oh, right, Hath. And I looked up Hath to make sure that I was, that I was right about the name. And, and of course that brought up a picture and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing looked nothing like the Hath. Not at all. Uh, Not at all. It It just had the bubble thing. Yeah. So maybe it's a. So reusing ideas. Maybe it's or similar technology. Yeah. You know, like, just like you would have versions of uh, an air mask, a gas mask for, for humans that breathe air, you would have versions of that that for things that breathe water or whatever so it was not a half but it did look very cool and yeah cool yeah, you're right it, it did was, it was look better. more like a sycorax yeah. it was better than a half wait no not a sycorax not whatever whatever that one was yeah that one thing yeah. that all, that showed up briefly in an episode in like one yeah. and then F really they used it on torchwood and uh, not on yeah. here or, or yeah. sarah jane or something whatever oh, it showed was. up in like a doorway now i can't think of what that thing was point. called yeah it was it, the scooby-doo scene yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. anyway no. uh creature of the week we also had grandfather slash mummy slash actually he's grandfather's alarm clock and and i mean pretty awesome right yeah i mean that yeah. thing was terrifying yeah even when it was sitting there and you guys thought it was dead and, and didn't it realize that it was quite asleep. Um, and it was y'all just were like slamming into the glass. <laughs> oh, wow! Jeez. Sorry about the everybody's ear holes. Ears. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that thing was was genuinely I terrifying. Um, I, I the way its fingers. It was so weird. Yeah. He was, like bending his fingers against. The yeah, like the fingers were never quite like, straight and stuff. <laughs> so and mashing somehow, if he'd had raggedy half. Uh, decayed teeth. I think he looked wo- more terrifying with the white teeth. Yeah, so like, like, that like, should why? Are those no, still that should intact. not be there. Yeah, that should not be the case. <laughs> um, you know, compare his teeth to his fingernails, and it's like, what's? Why are the teeth okay? Yeah, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I am glad that it finally did break the glass oh, because at yeah. a certain point, I was, was like, okay, now it's no longer the- a threat. 
Yeah. If it's it just banging. cracked the glass, and yeah. yet it still managed to hit it for like two solid minutes, and it's not broken yet. It had to it's weaken like, it. It's like but then <laughs> when he does up break and it, slamming into it. Yeah, when the he whole does break it, like all four walls one. shatter at once. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hang on. Wait, did all four walls shatter? I think I'm so. Yeah. I, mean, I know at the very least, it it definitely like spider web shattered the whole thing in front of him. I remember that. So, um, and then we had the old god slash grandfather, the big star that was sentient, that was a villain. Um, wow, and that the, eats things, uh, and eats, eats souls, souls and memories and everything. So this kind of this will just roll us on down into the next category of CGI. I thought the the star, the grandfather, that CGI was pretty dang good because there were some mm-hmm. subtle facial expressions happening on the face of a star. And like yeah. that was weird. So it was like yeah. Um, and again, we do have to chime in here and talk about how ridiculously out of whack any sense of size, uh-huh. scale, distance, temperature. They should all be dead. Is. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And Corbin, then the sun just explodes and it's like, okay, those people have maybe three minutes before <laughs> it's just complete vacuum well, and Well, Corbin, cold. you said something at one point about, um, I forget exactly what happened, like, but you were so like, oh, that should have definitely killed the doctor by now or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Let's just talk for a minute <laughs> because the the relative distance that they had to have been to that star, they would have been vaporized they would have along landed. millions of miles earlier, you know, and Land they're all just sort of circling. The fact that like they weren't blinded by right, staring right, at a right, star right. that's, you know, probably only a couple thousand, hundred thousand ish miles. That a couple way. hundred thousand. It looks like it, you could throw a rock into it. <laughs> uh, well, granted. I guess gravity well, you could throw a rock into it. would be like throwing it at the ground from really far away. But, um, but yeah, it looks like you could, uh, you could just reach out and, and, and graze up against it. Not know? to mention those planets of Aka 10 looked like oversized asteroids. asteroids. Yeah, they were like so the, tiny. The planet though. toyed asteroid, whatever that you want to call it, that the pyramid was on. That reminded me, especially because it had the reveal moment. Remember he's like yeah. in five, four, three, two, one. And then like, oh, Whoa. there it is. That reminded me of the ivory tower in the Neverending Story, when it when it's the last standing oh, thing yeah, yeah. on an on a little when asteroid or whatever. Everything is like shattered and exploded, and <clears throat> right. just flying through blackness with a bunch it's of like. It's the only thing stuff. still standing thing. on this. You know, it's on just a hunk of rock floating around. Essentially, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of because it kind of like it was. Granted, it was a pyramid, not a yeah. giant tower, but it still, still had a little like, shine and shimmer like, to it and everything. Yeah. And there was yeah, that. There was Found you know <laughs> floating around among other rocks. And stuff had to peel back to reveal it, you know, so that I don't know if that was a direct allusion to that, but it definitely reminded me of it. Also similar to that, though, there also looked like there was about 16,000 other asteroids that were the same size (laughs) and therefore should have been considered planets. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many. There's then, like, oh, there's, but there's only planets. seven worlds. Like, yeah, there's seven there's worlds. A, seven worlds. And then, oh, look at all those 10,000 asteroids. And by the way, if I can ride a moped from my planet to your planet, I don't think either of those should be called a planet. You're no. Right. <laughs> either one of those. Even if it's a space moped. Like Even a space moped. They didn't have air and they made it over right. there. So, yeah, that was the other thing is everything that they were Not standing on was too small for an atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Not to mention no, the everything mo- was the moped black. Had so there, was, there couldn't have been a breathable atmosphere anyways. <laughs> oh, this is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that was the next thing on my CGI. Sometimes the space moped was great and sometimes it was... 
not. <laughs> the last looked like, really bad. Ride, or the second to last, they just yes. skipped it entirely. They're like, we don't oh, have the yeah. CGI budget anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, Corbin. Yeah, because they, they, they didn't. They blew it all on the sun. They didn't do anything. They just, mm-hmm. the next time they cut back to Clara, it was they, a close up of her face. And then she's stepping off the moped. I'm like, why did we even get the close up of her face? Why didn't they just show her on the moped? Why was she on it? At all. Why didn't right, they yeah. just show them talking to someone? Yeah, but they had like the skid marks from the moped landing. I was like, okay, so why did so show a, them float, that? a floating object can make skid marks. <laughs> oh, I didn't. That's, it floats. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he kind of she kind of crashed and because it did the same thing when the doctor drove it into the pyramid uh, asteroid thing. He just smashed he like crashed it. it into it. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, let's see. Uh, nothing about bow ties, but new item on the checklist: Amy's reading glasses. We did have a reappearance of that. So I decided I I wrote that under bow ties are cool. I was going to say no bow ties this week, but Amy's glasses are cool. And I was like, you know what? Let's just make it its own thing. So check on the checklist there. Um, No hats. No hats this week. No hats. Um, I feel like he should have. He wore. You know what? We didn't notice uh, or we didn't make note of in the last episode was he wore a helmet. Did. That's a type oh, of yeah, hat. On the but we didn't, didn't even wear a helmet. No, no, this no, because flying on his space moped. No, I mean, no, I'm saying last episode worlds. he didn't. When he was driving up the glass, that wasn't actually him, was it? No, that was. Oh, oh, wait, but him okay. driving. There was one air. point where, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're one saying. Point where he wasn't wearing. It. Was At one point when he was driving guy. up the up the building, it wasn't actually. It him. wasn't the doctor. It was a duplicate. Man, that needs to almost be its own checklist item. How many times has eleven been a duplicate? Too many. Not just 11, like Rory was, like any person. No, but I mean, specifically the 11th Doctor. Like, it's like yeah, three times cool. now. It's Is it is it only three? Let's see, what other time? Four. What else was he? He, he was the flesh. A, he was the flesh. He was that uh, thing, the spoon head or whatever. Yeah. There was definitely one other. Oh, time. he's been the Tesselecta. Oh, yeah. the Tesselecta. But there's there's at he's least one Tesselecta of them. twice. Because I feel like there was three different things that he was before now. Yeah. So at any rate. Uh, got a little off topic. Hey, uh, something that hadn't been on the checklist in a, in a while. We got a straight up old fashioned reference to the time war. Oh, and the doctor talking about being in the time war in a, you know, in a, I, okay. Are you guys under the impression that Clara could hear the doctor? No, when? that doesn't make any sense. I mean, okay. Since when does that have to be the <laughs> prerequisite? When I he's giving his big speech, oh, when he's giving his big speech, didn't they kept cutting back to Clara? She Didn't kept it seem like, a, she, like an expression? Yeah, like, I don't know. It seemed like she was emotionally reacting to what he was saying. Like yeah. she's learning about who he is. But there's like space in between. Okay, the forget about the fact that there's space. Yeah, yeah. He's presumably thousands of miles away on the other side of the pyramid. Yeah, the he wasn't side. even on the same side as her. He wasn't <laughs> shouting they, things back at the auditorium. The same. Like on the same thing, they wouldn't have been. And yet, sound right. can't even travel through space. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not crazy here, right? They definitely made it seem like she was reacting yeah. to what he was saying, especially when she comes over and she's like, "Exactly Look at the soul of this leaf of all the things that could have happened." That's a cop out. I hate that. Oh, but, shut up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she she comes to to save the day and doing the and same knows thing what he did exactly. Better so yet, it's, she heard him. Things, she like, could hear him. Look look at this leaf. Leaf. It we'll has get to so that many in memories that could have. We'll get to that in a minute. But I mean, uh, so so here we get the doctor making a cryptic reference to the time war in the hearing of presumably of his new companion. And so again, we have you know this this was kind of reminiscent of Nine's speech of the Earth is spinning at thousands of miles an hour and we're yeah. hurtling through the galaxy and I and I feel all and of I it. I can feel it. Right. That's and who I am. Exactly. Now yeah. forget well, about me. Right. <laughs> right. 
Um, mm-hmm. All that kind of that sort of cryptic, you know, Doctor Who, all that, all that stuff, you know, the mystery. So, uh, no Geronimo's this week. Nothing really new. That the wait, Definitely nothing that the stuff the Doctor loves. Did we not get a stuff the Doctor loves? Oh, so many the opportunities. Blue, the blue food thing. Yeah, like but he that. didn't say. Those. That's what I'm saying. There were so many opportunities. I do love with those blueberries how he's like doing tests on them to see if they're fine. And while Clara she's eating just them, like takes a massive yeah, bite. She I'm takes like, a massive <laughs> bite and he's like, oh, yeah, nothing poisonous here. <laughs> like, Holy crap, Clara. <laughs> what are you doing? Which, which, by the way, puts her right on the level with a red shirt on Star Trek. Here's your no, obligatory Star no Trek reference. There's on, on Mission Log, they have a running gag about how it must be in Starfleet training protocol that you teach everyone the first time you beam down to a planet, find the first thing you can and lick it. <laughs> because the number of times that someone gets poisoned because they just ate a random berry or sniffed a leaf or got... <laughs> You decided to do something so stupid. You're all holding tricorders, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in this case, I mean, I, I, I guess if the doctor hands you something and says it's some kind of fruit, I guess she trusts him enough to be like, you wouldn't have handed it to me if it was poison. You know what, though? Um, if it's a fruit and it's glowing, I'm not eating that What's thing. wrong with a glowing blue fruit? Don't that you eat those for off breakfast so many stuff? danger signs. <laughs> it was like see-through and glowing. And the I'm way, like, I, I would never eat that. So what Kia did point out um, how obvious it was that she didn't bite that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that she definitely just like rubbed her lips of, across the across the top of it and everything. Um, and then, by the way, we, we did see the doctor eating one later. Remember? Yeah. When they finally meet up and he's like, he what have you been up to? It, yeah, he's like tearing into the thing. So, <laughs> no, um, like, no, doctor, you're not supposed to eat that thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Yeah. Um, he's like, so under uh, Jiggery Pokery, we had a little bit of stuff with the Sonic. He says, a frequency modulated acoustic lock. The key changes 10 million zillion squillion times a second. What is this she says, can you open it? He says, technically no. But in reality, also no. <laughs> Which, if, the, if the, the acoustic frequency or whatever is changing that many times per second, you should be able to play any noise. And, and it it'll open work. it yeah, just, just hold it for a couple of seconds. and yeah. If absolutely. even that since I don't think there's that many sounds in the universe. So, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, the next thing we had was under the TARDIS. Why didn't the TARDIS translate Dorian's barking? We already talked about that. So, um, needless sacrificial death? No, I guess not, unless uh, you want to count the leaf. But, uh, giving, its, giving its life and its, it's, and it's what ifs and maybes. No one cares about leaves. Uh, we didn't get a Doctor Who in this episode. Uh, let's see. Okay, Termy Wormy. Um, I was going to let you guys decide whether we should count this. Clara said it's a spaceshipy thing. Tiny, spacey. I think that counts. That's, that's think, pretty yeah. terminal. So many ease, ease, ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even though it wasn't uh, the doctor. But spacey, spa- shippy, shippy. Yeah, space shippy thing. thing. It's timey and spacey. Uh, that was great. Uh, let's see. Corbin, any existential horror that you'd like to dive into? Um, I mean, I don't. It's not existential horror, but that leaf is stupid. <laughs> I can't get over this. We need to have a time right, to talk about it. That brings this. us to other stuff we know. Or do you want to put it in the other in the in the stuff we noted? I mean yeah. the um uh-huh. let's talk about uh-huh. or do you want to put it in other stuff Can we noticed? Can we talk about how uh, stupid other stuff that we leaf noticed. is? That's fine. All right. That uh, <laughs> stupid leaf is what I'm gonna say. That stupid leaf. All right, so while Corbin's writing that, other stuff we noticed, time is not made of strawberries, that would be unacceptable. Uh, I, I, what? I hope it's not made of strawberries. What's the problem? When was that? Uh I, oh gosh! Oh, because Clara said, "If time is, if you can move through time, it must be made of something." So, what's it made of? And the doctor said something, and and she said something like strawberry jam or something. And he says, "No, time is not made of strawberries. That would be unacceptable." And I'm like, 
Uh, mm-hmm. All right. I can't wait to hear your explanation, doctor, because you can be like, you know, it's like a bubble on the outside of a bubble. Oh, that's where we are? No. But if it helps, yes. But no. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, let's see. It's, yes, it so incredibly is. Um, what? Dad can't understand his own notes. Oh, okay. This was when when he brings her out of the TARDIS. They're standing there and he lets her open her eyes and she looks out at, you know, the rings of Akaten and whatever. And she says, it's, and she just trails off. Like she's got no words. And the doctor says, yes, it so incredibly <laughs> is. Which I thought was great. Uh, we have, oh, interesting, um, interesting note about uh, the economy here in the rings of Akaten. We have psychometry. That is using something imprinted with psychic energy as currency. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, and we, we had a little discussion about this uh, during the episode. That the basic idea is uh, we've talked before about how in the Hooniverse there is something to psychic energy and psychic technology and all of these kinds of things, right? So, apparently, you can imbue objects with some sort of psychic imprint, psychic energy or something, uh, because of the, uh, what's the word? Um, oh no, sentimental value mm-hmm. that you yeah. place on it. Right. And so by virtue of cause trip, you had a question about this. I can't remember what your question was. You were like, how would he know? Oh, how would Dorian oh, yeah. know that how much sentiment- this ring is valuable? Yeah. And he, like sniffs it. And he's like, ah, yes, very well, valuable. No, yeah. He like held it in one <laughs> paw and <laughs> put the paw. other paw over it. And like closed his eyes or her eyes and, and was like, oh yeah, here you go. Yes, that's, that, that's valuable. Cool. You know, and that was, by the way, that was the spacey wacy equivalent of, you know, the guy taking the gold, uh, gold coin and biting, biting it and it. trying to bend it, you know, back in old, old West times or whatever. Um, uh, yes. Clearly very valuable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I, I love this idea of value, you know, the psychic, the, the sentimental value of something being transferable to another. Like, that's so cool. Like, can you imagine if like, okay, so we were out for a walk yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And Brayden picked up uh, a rock that he thought looked really cool. It, it was probably some kind of quartz or something. Yeah. It was, you know, uh, had very straight lines on it and this kind of thing. And he was like, hey, dad, look at this cool rock. And just like held onto it. And and I was like, wow, I remember when I was that age. I just had, picking up random things. I had and a like, drawer oh, full yeah. of rocks. I had a drawer full of rocks Some because rocks. like this rock hey, was look cool. At this black rock with like cool designs. Exactly. On it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't because I bought it somewhere and it was cool. It was because I found it. And most of those rocks, I could tell you where I got them. Mm. And those were special and important and valuable to me for no reason other than I assigned them value, which is kind of the definition of currency. And imagine if you could transfer that. Imagine if I could take this rock and all of the memories that are held within it for me, and by giving it to you, you could feel and experience that. I was like, "How cool is that?" You know. So but that means you could decide how much it's worth just based off of literally anything. No, because there were I had there were no rocks that I had that I later on decided were valuable, just arbitrarily. It was it was the memory of where I got it and and what was happening on that day and and those kinds of things and all the cool stuff that happened like although you're bringing up an interesting idea of of uh, I found I find a seashell 
and I just hold it with me for the next couple of days, and <laughs> it retains all the like, memories. So, so this not, is not to be the so party is, pooper, but this is not a sustainable economy. No, it's whatsoever. not. No, it's it's sustainable, but there's still the possibility of forgeries. <laughs> is what yeah. we're saying. A, you'd run out of things that you were sentimental about, and B, I don't think this I could is, ever be true. truly sentimental about something yeah. if it meant and if I knew I was going to have to pay. That brought me. Point. That brought me to. Well, that's very true. That's you true. wouldn't. You'd you'd be less willing to get attached to something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which would make the things that you were attached to even more valuable. If you think oh, about it. yeah. So I, I we we spent a little time talking about this, and where I, what I came down with was, it must be that this this psychometry, this this economy of sentimentality. Well, that sounds like a, a book title. Uh, either a really good sci-fi novel or a terrible study in finances. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that that's only during the this festival. Maybe it's only during the festival of thanks or whatever this thing was, right? Yes. Because that's the whole idea is it's the that only they way are there. It makes to, sense, huh? It's the only way it really can right. make sense, right? If it's if it's the day in day out currency, it makes a lot less sense. But you know when they're like giving the gifts or whatever, yeah. one of them had like the blue fruits. Oh really? Like, were those supposed to be sentimental? Oh, I don't something? know. I don't think that's those were blue fruits. They looked like gems. I I didn't catch Which that. I don't know. Says something it, about the blue fruits, doesn't it? Uh, I would not eat those things. I'm still. <laughs> it looked like the oh, the fact that they look like gems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now, now this reminded me though of going. This is our second reference in this episode to the end of the world, where nine is is greeting the person and everyone in front of him is giving a gift, and he says, "I give you air from my lungs," <laughs> <laughs> and the person is like. Uh, totally yes, appreciative you. of that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Totally gets it. And it's like, oh, yes, what a wonderful gift. You know, like with with no wink or nod at all, totally accepting of that as a gift. Like I, that just reminded me of that. So. Um, okay, so we have the idea that the soul is made out of stories, not atoms. Everything that ever happened to us, people we loved, people we lost, people we found again against all the odds. So first of all, first of all, all right, so we've got two things here. First of all, the soul is made of stories, not atoms. All right, the stories I'm realizing are a thread and a theme throughout Eleven's time. Mm. And it's going to be, um, if I remember, wait, 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 wait. No, we've you? actually already heard this line. I was going to say, I think it's towards his his, his uh, final episodes, but I think we've already heard the line. We're, I guess we're all stories in the end. Mm, Might yeah. as well make it a good one, eh? Yeah. I if I'm remembering now, he said that to little Amy, Amelia, while she was asleep in the bed. Remember he was jumping backwards through time? Yeah. And oh, he yeah. stopped off along the way. And I, I he said that to little Amy, uh little Amelia, uh, while she was asleep. And that idea is gonna continue on. That is that is like a it's like a, a theme for eleven, is that we are all stories. And actually now that I'm thinking about it, there's some echoes of that in twelve. So maybe it's just that, a Doctor Who thing. I don't know. I saw that as a wallpaper. It was it's like, on my phone. It's the wallpaper on my phone. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Here you go. Uh, Let's see. This makes great all, for audio. We're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one, eh? Um, yeah, so so that... Um, I love that idea. And then we have... He, he mentions people we loved, people we lost, and people we found again against all the odds. So definitely mm-hmm. talking about Clara. Yes. And I think we got a cutaway shot back to Clara reacting cryptically. What? What is he talking what, about? What does he mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's see. Oh, I thought this was great. He um, he gives the most Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, explanation 
of of how we you know of of who uh what's her name mary of why she's important right mm-hmm. because he talks about how you know a star had you know all of the all of the the atoms and the molecules that that form you were in a star that that exploded and spread throughout the universe and created planets and other stars that also exploded and blah 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 and all these kinds of things and then eventually all those things formed together and came to create you and you're like what am i watching yeah 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 it was like wow but he he made it he made it he was like but that's what it is for everyone so you're not special at all get out of here what What? (laughs) What? no i'm just saying like what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) it was gonna trail it off there like That's what happened to form everybody. That's what happened. So you're not special. Is that so what you're no, saying? No, you're not Everyone special. Everyone is special, which is just another way of saying nobody is. <laughs> uh, no, during that bit there, he talked about the atoms flying off and forming, and he says, forming shoes and ships and sealing wax and cabbages <laughs> and kings. Did y'all catch mm. that? Mm. What is that? Uh, that's uh, what, what Alice in Wonderland, right? Uh, yeah, it's in Alice in Wonderland. It's Lewis Carroll. It's the walrus and the carpenter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the talking time has come, about, my friend, he said, to speak of other things, of shoes and chips and sealing wax and cabbages. And who are they talking to? Those, uh, those the clams, clams they were about that to they eat? they were going to eat? Yes. They're like, yes. come here, children clams, so we can talk. Eat, I eat you. And Yes. Uh, by the way, it wasn't until I saw this in, um, uh, in the closed captioning here that I realized that it is sealing wax, S-E-A-L-I-N-G, sealing wax. Oh, not oh. what I have thought it was my entire life. Sealing. C-E-I-L-I-N-G. I've always been so like, confused by which that Which I've line. never understood what kind of wax you put on your ceiling. I've never understood that until I've, now. I've Thank always, you, Doctor Who. I've always known it, but I've never understood it. Never understood what? Why it's like sealing wax. Like what, it, what does for it mean? sealing things. Yeah, I no, this is a it. wax for sealing things, not for placing on your ceiling. Yeah. That's, that's different what thing. I was like. like. Um, all right, Corbin, talk to us about that stupid leaf. I, do, I feel like the, the leaf is a cop-out saying, Why? oh, all the things that could have happened. But that's literally everything. <laughs> but not, not all the things that could have happened to this leaf. Or even around this leaf, but, but all the things that could have that could happened because happen. of this leaf. Like if I do be the same this, like a book. there's probably a million things that just changed as opposed to if I had done this or something. Like any tiny minute action will right. infinitely change everything that could have happened after it. So the this exact stupid spot leaf that I'm saying, "Oh, think of all the infinite things that could have happened, or maybe will, or I don't know." And like, then can't you say the same thing for the doctor anyways? Or say it's the like, same thing for anything. He's, he clearly has a long life ahead of him. All the things that could have happened to him or that can still happen to him. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree totally. Okay. If I someone is on my side, I spend the next three nice. or four minutes explaining to you why it's important or are you just going to end up going, I don't care, it's stupid anyway? Probably. Why is it important? All right, let's move on. No, why uh, is it important? <laughs> Tell me. Because they, they spend all that time explaining why that is the most important leaf in human history, right? And I At least agree. in the eyes of her parents, right? That, yeah, but you yeah. know who doesn't care about her parents? That star. Uh, <laughs> all it cares about is souls. That leaf okay. doesn't have so, a soul. So if we go from the idea of the, of the psychometry, right, of the, the sentimental economy, and it is, it is all of the things that we imbue the object with, Right. This is, by the way, this so is getting a little same, woo-woo If here. you did the same thing with the doctor. Huh? What? It's you objects, said, though. It's objects, not, 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 
people. That's that's different. Right. All he has to do is pull the freaking sonic screwdriver out of his thing. There's so many things that could happen with that. And blah, no, blah, no, no, no. You're missing it. You're missing it. It's not just that anything could have happened to this leaf. That's not the thing. It's the fact that what the does that leaf mean them. to her? Yeah. What does that leaf mean to Clara? Same. I'm asking you. Yeah, what does the, it mean? The sonic screwdriver means a lot to the doctor too. He clearly shows. He no, could no, no. have paid for the moped. Sonic screwdriver. Sonic, sonic screwdriver. screwdriver is a is a tool. The reason he wasn't willing to part with it is because it comes in handy. And then he ended up using it to get into and out of the pyramid. So it's a good thing he kept it. It's a it's a plot device. It's not a it's not necessarily a sentimental thing. Yes, there are some memories attached to it. But what does that leaf mean to Clara? What does it represent? Her. Her parents meeting. Uh, yeah, her parents it represents meeting, the meeting of her, her parents, yeah. which results in her. But in other words, that that leaf is the starting point for her whole family. And the only thing she has left from that family, the only thing she has left from her mom mm-hmm. is that leaf. That leaf which carries is the repre- memories of her and the memories exactly. the thing is, that they so had think about, together. Right, so think about think about this, okay? We're talking about imbuing an object with with sentimentality. Right? It wasn't about the sentimentalness of it though. What killed the star was the fact that there are infinite things. You didn't that let me finish. Could have happened. You didn't let me finish. This. It's it is it is what she imbues the object with, right? Okay. So think about your mom. Mm-hmm. Think about some. If there were some object, and maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Think about if there were some object in your life that to you was something special between you and mom, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now imagine mom died. Tragically. Oh, that's unfortunate. And so now that, that's the only so now thing that, that you have left. That thing becomes a physical representation of your entire relationship with your mom. And all you can think about is all of the days that never were. It's not that, yes, in any given circumstance, a million different things could have happened. It's the fact it's that, that she imprinted she, all of the things exactly. onto the leaf. She has spent time that reading that book. Mm-hmm. Where was the leaf? The first page of the book, 101 Places to See, which she read with her mom all the time. And she planned to live a life of going to see those places, presumably with her mom. And then her mom dies. And that book becomes like, you know, the The dreams of what never were. And page one is that leaf, which is already the most important leaf in human history and blah, 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 and all these kinds of things. And so she has imbued it with all of the what ifs and the maybes of her mother's life that could have and should have been. I feel so like she imprinted though, all the <clears throat> memories of anything so that could ever happen and everything not, she ever thought of. Right. That could be and it's not quantum, you know, what could have happened in all the millions of parallel universes and worlds. It's not that. It is that thought, that idea in Clara's mind, which she has imbued that leaf with. But... You're under the assumption that what grandfather wants is the same thing that everyone at the the festival wants to pay for things. Grandfather never seems to express the idea that he wants memories or things that could have been. That's the entire sentimental value. He wants souls. But she's putting the souls. He's just trying to eat people. What are souls made of, Corbin? Memories. Stories. Stories. Not atoms. Souls are made of stories. What is the entire function of the Queen of Years? The Queen of Years knows all the stories. 
knows all the songs, knows all of the history of all of her people. But it's not like she's placed sentimental value in herself or something, and so therefore no, no, giving no, it no, no, no. The, the sentimental value isn't the part. That's not at right, all. It's right. the sentimental then value. Then why do we that keep talking imprinted. about the sentimental value? That's no, not that's not what, what we're, we're saying. About. That's what we're saying is that. Clara, by nature of her sentimental attachment to that leaf, has imbued it with the stories. With the stories that she has, which means so, it would but be the, the same. stories never happened. Which so why do they count for anything? If if the story but then the doctor didn't could have the same. Remember, do you remember th- five minutes ago? Now I'm glancing at the clock when I said, "If I spend the next three or four minutes explaining to you why it's important, are you just going to tell me it's still not important?" I'm <laughs> it. I, we've I said all we can say. I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I know that we've said all we can say. I'm it, just it makes saying. sense, but couldn't it be the same with the doctor? The, like everything that every person yeah. has ever imprinted onto the doctor, the Queen like of all Years, all of the stuff that he's met. She knows. She has all the stories of everything that has happened to her people, but not everything that will happen. Right. And so, but that's still clearly what Grandfather wants. I, I agree else? with what dad says, but what I'm saying is, like, anybody could have that same thing with other people. Like, the way I see it, other though, people imprinting their he, memories onto the doctor. He wants the stories that did happen. He doesn't give a crap about all the things that could have happened because they didn't. What he cares about is what did happen. And there's almost nothing that really happened with that leaf. The whole point of it or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm not sure is I'm not sure what you're basing it on it that, that he only cares about stories that actually happened versus stories I'm basing it on the knowledge of the other souls he tried to eat or whatever. It was all like Well, apparently the they just years, didn't know. I don't They know. just didn't know that they could have done this all along. All right, so we got to move along. <laughs> We're never going to agree. Who's who? All right, so who is Clara Oswald? First of all, that girl's not possible, the doctor says. <laughs> I'm going to go and let you know that the impossible girl is kind of the arc. Her thing. Yeah, that's kind of the arc. So when we get down to theories, that's what we're going to be exploring. So um, I love when she tells uh, Mary, uh, can you pretend I'm a total space alien? <laughs> I love, I don't remember a time where a companion... Uh, both realized and then voiced to another alien that she's an alien, right? We've had the doctor mention it before. Yeah. Like to them, you're the alien, right? You're the invaders here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, could you pretend I'm like a total space alien and don't know what's going on right now? Because she was I, I am. like, she grasped that idea quick in this context. I'm the alien. I am not. It's smaller I'm not than the home. outside. Hey, uh, she saved her first world. We got her saving. Worlds. The, we got her saving. Seven the, worlds. Well, yeah, this is true. This is true. seven didn't, asteroids. Didn't she say that yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't? They wouldn't stop at that or whatever. They yes, would just would have, would consume have gone even everything. Yeah. So yeah. that might have been the most important leaf. Dun, dun, dun. Well, because that that leaf would have eaten humanity. Okay, but if it consumed everything, then that would include the leaf, which oh, is yeah. infinity. It would have blown up anyways before it could have consumed <laughs> everything. But still, it's very important. It is very important. The whole idea behind this is stupid. <laughs> You've said your Get piece. Out. Now let's move on. Uh, let's see. Uh, what does it say? Looks different. Oh, yeah. So she got back and uh, from her first adventure, she opens up the door and she says, it looks different. To which uh, at first I thought, oh, no, did the doctor mess up again? Uh-huh. Um, the doctor's like, nope, same house, same city, same year. He's like wow. very proud of himself. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. Like a, year <laughs> a year later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the note that I made here is, her home isn't different. She's different. 
She just went out and and saved the the world and got rid of her only attachment with her mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's 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 really big there. Other than the book, comes back and she's different. So her her home looks different. Who is the doctor? He came to Akaten with Susan. Did y'all catch that? I didn't catch who he went with, but I did know he went with someone. He said something about. I forgot how busy it is here or something. And she's like, oh, you've been here before. And he says, yes, I brought my granddaughter here. Oh, right. Uh, he literally said my granddaughter, which is, and to my knowledge, this, that like, is massive double take. Yeah, she's like, like Wait, you, have a, you have a granddaughter? Yeah, like you don't look old we, enough to have had your first girlfriend. And like, then we don't about? get back to that point ever. Like she nope. chases after him. Then, oh, look at this blue fruit. That's right. We never get back to it. Just skip right on past the, the details there, Doctor. Yep. Uh, let's see. There is one thing you need to know about traveling me- with me. Well, one thing apart from the blue box and two hearts <laughs> thing. That was great. We never walk away. And um, I, I thought that there was going to be um, a fight here. I thought that the doctor was going to, because I forgot. I, I genuinely forgot what he said in this moment. I thought what he was going to say was, there's one thing you have to know about me. We never interfere. That's what I thought he was going to uh, say because of... What about every episode? Well, because remember, he's done this before. He's, he, we do he did not that. interfere. Stop noticing things. Stop exactly. scanning. It's, I'm definitely not paying attention to the random fluctuations of energy here. Um, he, he's done this before. He also did this with uh, with Amy. Yeah. Remember when they went to uh, Liz 10 and the space whale, uh, that whole thing, he was like, you know, we don't... He told her, we don't interfere. And then they go out and he sees a crying child and that's what set him off. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought there was going to be that. And there was going to be a fight between him and Clara and Clara was going to change his mind, but nope. He's like, we never walk away. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's an interesting twist. Right. Cause this, this was the perfect sad doctor moment. Right. Yeah. To be like, Oh, doctor sad again, because you know, people die and stuff. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, let's see. We don't walk away. Oh, I thought this was great. We don't walk away, but when we're holding something precious, we run. We run and run until we're out from under the shadow. And Even I was like, they were, in, they were next to a freaking star. There's no shadow. There's oh, near that thing. quiet, you. Uh, the shadow of evil. The shadow of death. Anyways, I, I thought it was Doctor great. There is the shadow of death. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get out from under my shadow. Um, I love that, uh, you know, when you, when you hear the doctor say a line like, we don't walk away. And then you think of the sheer number of times that the 11th doctor himself has said, run, um, you know, I love that he points out, no, but when we're holding something precious, we run. So in other words, the doctor never runs away from danger when it's danger against him. Uh, <laughs> you know, if he's in danger, he's not going to run he away. Run to, he but when he's holding something it. precious, yeah, exactly. But when he's holding something precious, we run, we run and run until we're out from under the shadow. That was awesome. Um, anything else uh, for you guys under who is Clara, who is the doctor? No. Nah. I've complained enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. News of the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do and want to give a little bit of value back, here's how you can do it. Uh, so first of all, you can head on over to patreon.com slash noobs in the Whovian. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, become one of our regular contributing supporters or sponsors. For a dollar a month, you'll be a Fez patron. Uh, jump up to the $5 a month and you'll be a Bowtie patron because Bowties are cool. You'll get a shout out on the show each week. At $15 a month, you become a hosting host covering our monthly hosting cost and you'll get a chance to guest host on an upcoming episode. Now, the other thing, as we mentioned last week, is that we are um, looking for some help, uh, some one-off help getting access to Doctor Who. So 
if you are not quite ready to make a monthly commitment, but you're like, you know what? I want to throw a couple of dollars their way. Um, here's what you can do. You go over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support, and it has a bunch of information there about our Patreon page and also about how we have <laughs> recently, we just watched the last episode that we have. Rings of Akaten was the last one on the last DVD that we got from the library before everything shut down. So as a result of that, um, we are looking for some help in maybe getting access to a couple of episodes. So if you want to give $2, you can sponsor an episode. That'll help us to buy a, uh, a uh, Amazon video. We can buy it on Amazon video, even though it's not on Prime anymore. Or for $15, you can purchase and sponsor an entire season. So we can either buy it uh, on Amazon uh, video, or uh, we also have some some DVD sets that we're looking at that we could get for about the same price. Um, so if you're willing to help out with that, head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support so you can become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, that brings us down to the classic Who connections. Uh, let's jump in and hear what Jared has to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for the Rings of Akatan. So as they landed on the planet pretty quickly and they're going through the marketplace and you've seen all the various aliens about, uh, the doctor mentions that he had visited Akatan before with his granddaughter. Doesn't mention her by name, but that would be Susan Foreman, presumably, uh, which goes clear back to the first doctor in season one. Yes, if you've been with Noobs in the Whovian for a while, you've already met her. Uh, so that was, again, granddaughter would be Susan Foreman, uh, and who was the companion back with the first doctor. So now in his great big speech at the end where he's talking about uh, talking about feeding on his memories, he talks about all the different things he's seen and done, or not all of them, but lots of them. Uh, he's He's been to universities watched creations burn he's seen the creation of the universe the end of the universe been where universes where the laws of physics manipulated or created by an insane person or madman and uh knowing things that must never be said and information that must never be shared so here are some classic who parts that might fit in with that speech that he's talking about in castrovalva the fifth doctor this is the fifth doctor's first serial so he's just regenerated into the fifth doctor uh He's in a world that's created, uh, it's a fictitious place, really, and it's created by the um, by the master to kind of trap the doctor and his companions and trick them, and uh, he's using these, uh, it's block formula mathematics that uh, Adric, being a math whiz, is able to do. So he's captured Adric, and he's manipulating the whole sequence uh, through this. And meanwhile, the doctor is going through this weird regeneration that has a, a lot that seems to take a toll on the doctor. So the doctor's not even hardly awake for part of it. Uh, anyway, enough about that. So Adric is forced to set the TARDIS because Adric is one of the few companions that knows how to control the TARDIS or at least part of it. So Adric is forced by the master to set the TARDIS on a course for the creation of the universe. Cue the cloister bell, because, of course, that would be very dangerous to go beyond the creation of the universe. So the master has manipulated all of this to happen, and he sees uh, in Castrovalva the creation of the universe there. Um, so then moving on to Inferno with the third doctor. The third doctor in Inferno, uh, 
what happens is he's with unit and he comes upon the fact that humans are drilling deep into the center of the earth to tap a new energy source well what they find there is a green goo that transforms people into primeval beings that create that crave heat and fire He's also trying to repair his TARDIS, and so he's zipped into a parallel world version of the same scenario where they are farther along in the drilling, and so he sees the primeval beings uh, destroying all of creation, you know, presumably there because they're craving this heat and fire. And so he has to fix both worlds uh, in this in this serial. So that was where he maybe uh, saw creations burn. Uh, and then there are lots of stories, of course, lots of serials where uh, the laws of physics are manipulated by a madman, and uh, we could go through a bunch of them, but to save time, let's just say that most of them can be chalked up to the workings of the master, uh, but uh, or, or um, another Time Lord, uh, powerful Time Lord named Omega or Omega in the British... Uh, vernacular so but they create worlds uh in like in the three doctors omega is uh has created a world where the doctors have to uh save themselves and and save save the world of course and uh but that the whole world there the laws of physics are different and omega spoiler alert is a bit of a madman uh but also the master has done the same thing and others so and then finally uh we've got this idea that the ma- that the doctor knows things that should never be spoken and that's really a new who kind of thing but the first hint of it that we get is actually in the serial silver nemesis with Ace and the Seventh Doctor, and uh, we that that might be the one when we get to the Seventh Doctor rewind. That might be the one we serial that we watch because uh, that's an interesting one, and uh, and it's got Ace, which is by far the best Seventh Doctor companion. Uh, so it, in that serial, it's really the first time, and it really just comes. It's a small bit at the end uh, where Ace asks who the Doctor really is, and he just puts a finger up to his mouth. If you've watched. Any uh, classic Who doctors on uh, clips from uh, YouTube and stuff, you might have already seen that that little bit. But there's this idea uh, because there's uh, characters that come in that know the Doctor really well, and there's this idea that knowing who the Doctor really is could be dangerous and and could have catastrophic uh, results by sharing that information. And so they just. That's really the only time that I'm aware of in Classic Who where that concept comes up, but they really start uh, start playing with that in New Who, as we've already seen a bit of. So um, interesting that I wonder if Moffat has kind of pulled this idea from Silver Nemesis and uh, put it into New Who. So those are some of the things that I I thought of uh, where we um, that that could correlate with his speech obviously there's lots of new who stuff in that speech and and maybe the writers were thinking of other things that i missed but that's that's what i've got so i really enjoyed this episode it was a it was a fun one all the aliens were great and and they they had a lot of fun with that too uh and so i'm gonna give it 
8.5 out of 10 delicious memories. And uh, I think they wanted it to be creepier. It was it was creepy at times in the concept of human, of well, alien sacrifice and uh, all that sort of stuff is definitely creepy. It definitely plays with your mind more so than uh, anything else, uh, for at least for me. And uh, that the little girl, uh, you know, my heart went out for the little girl being in danger, of course. So uh, I'm... I would give it two, 200 creep levels uh, for that. So not necessarily jump scares and stuff like we get with the Weeping Angels, uh, just sort of the, the creepy concept. So thank you to the Tardius Wikia, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right, thanks for that, Jared. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering when he was giving his uh, speech there and sort of hinting back at you know, going to the beginning of time, the end of time, and, you know, watching the universe burn out Mm -hmm. till there's nothing left but just me, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, some of that stuff we've seen, right? We've seen him go to the end of time uh, Mm -hmm. with the the episode with uh, the master, except he wasn't the master yet. He he was in the fob watch and all that kind of stuff. If y'all remember, they were like at the end of the universe um, at that point. You know, the last of the humans were there and that kind of thing. Um, spoiler alert, not the last time we're going to go to the end of the universe in Doctor Who, oh. if you can imagine. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I knew that some of those things had to be classic Who connections. And when I when I read through the Wikia, I just didn't understand what they were talking about. So Jared gave uh, a great, Jared gave a great, because they were like, oh, you know, like on this episode. And I'm like, I don't know that episode. What's so. that episode? Yeah, exactly. So um, that, I love, I love the breakdown that, mm-hmm. uh, that you gave there, Jared, for that. That was, uh, that was really helpful. Sorry that we, you know, rained on your uh, parade or stole your thunder rather about Susan Foreman. Sorry. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, something that I'm noticing though, is that uh, even though we've only watched a handful of Classic Who episodes, just hearing this stuff week after week, some of it's, it's sinking in, you know, like yeah. there's, I'm making classic who connections now on my own sometimes because I'm like, wait a minute, didn't the fourth doctor do something like that? And I'm like, how do I even know that? Oh, it's because Jared brought it up one time. So um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was hoping to have. And we've sort of, uh, you know, built up, we, we have a better understanding of some of the 50 year mythology that's been built up. Yeah. And um, uh, Jared was just, uh, I think you were dancing around some of the, oh, no, you, Jared, you don't even know. Oh, wow. Okay. So Jared was just dancing around some things that he hasn't seen yet. I'm just thinking about that. So there's stuff, he, he was referencing the, uh, the silver nemesis and, and the, the knowledge of the doctor's name and those kinds of things. Um, there are some threads there that we're go that we're about to get to. We're we're going to get there towards uh, uh, in the next few months here on the podcast. But years from now, <laughs> there's stuff. They're still picking up threads from that. Wow. Um, that <laughs> Whovians, I hope you guys know what I'm talking about. That are that are fully caught up uh, through through this last season uh, that that just finished airing not too long ago. Um, there are threads and 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 long time lore. Um, that are still being picked up and gone back to and, and finding out that the well is even deeper than we thought or could have mm. possibly imagined. So um, good stuff there. Um, brings us down to our overall impressions. Jared gave this one 8.5 out of 10 delicious memories. Mm. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it less appetizing when I say delicious? Uh, Corbin, what about, what about you? Oh, I, I hate, hate you. you. I hate you. I this hate one was you. good. Okay. You know, 
aside from... Despite the backhanded compliment you're about to give it. I give it 8.5 out of 10 useless leads. Oh, you turd. Okay. Sucks. <laughs> Stupid plot point. Uh, Corbin's like, it would be a, a 10 and except good, for the useless leads. Good, good for you. All right, uh, Trip. what about you? I loved this one. This one was amazing, and this just amazing, and yeah, and it was so cool. Okay, and, and, and we learned How amazing. so much, and 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 yeah, and ten, 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 out, ten out of ten. Coming strong, gods. Ten <laughs> creepy gods. Um, what what makes this? I mean, okay, so ten. That means like this is like if you're introducing somebody to Doctor Who, this is one of the ones you're gonna send. Yeah, them to. yeah. Really? This and like the okay. Weeping Angels and Back with Nine. Wow. With like, okay. Uh, All right. Child thingy. I don't. I don't trust his judgment though because he what? threw out like three tens in a row one time or something like that. Those were really so, good. Those episodes, were really though. good episodes. Were. Those were really good episodes. But I um, like the fact of I, like the mystery and then like yeah. we get crazy aliens. Yeah. And I love the massive speech. That's so that, amazing. That's what I was going to say. Is, is like you top off the episode. Like it's a fun episode. We got a, we got a, we got a, a doctor meeting a new companion. You know, like getting to know a new companion. Yeah. A new companion getting to know the wider universe. Uh, a cantina scene of assorted aliens. Some are callbacks. Some are brand new. We get creepy stuff. We get super creepy stuff. We get an amazing speech at the end. Um, all these kinds of things. So yeah, I, I, I would agree. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go full um, ten. Maybe I don't know, man. Like now that I've now I'm, I may I may bump up to nine point five. Dad convinced himself. I did. I was gonna say nine, but I'm gonna go nine point five out of ten. Perfect teeth. Uh, perfect zombie teeth is what that should say. <laughs> perfect zombie teeth. There we go. So um, yeah, this one this one's fantastic. It it does. It hits a lot of the check boxes. It mm-hmm. checks a lot of the boxes. For Doctor Who, right? Um, space mopeds. Uh, <laughs> interesting use of the Sonic. Um, callbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of callbacks. I love the... And, and really far callbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, we're referencing Susan. Third Doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. Right. Um, but also, uh, in yeah, in his speech, he there's all kinds of callbacks. Yeah. But there's also... Um, Just random I, callbacks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like with... Susan or whatever. Every, every which way, yeah. Old mm-hmm. stuff, new stuff, all, all of it combined. But I also love the idea of like the, the super ancient civilization. And mm-hmm. I think this may be, I, like I love, I love you know, in, in sci-fi when you have the, you know, the civilization that's a million years old or even thousands of years old because we have no, we have no human parallel to that unless mm-hmm. you just say human culture, <laughs> you know, like broadly. But we have no concept of, of like an empire lasting for 10,000 years. It just, yeah. it, it hasn't happened yet. And so the idea of, of a civilization that has been around so long that it produced a song that has been sung continuously for a million years or so. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. And I, I love that idea of just like... Just imagine the composer. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> and, and, and we had to actually like stop in the episode and, and I had to sort of like break that down of you have the chorister knelt down singing the long song to the God, you know, do not wake from your slumber and all this kind of stuff. First of all, the song is also pretty cool. Yeah. And then another monk comes in and begins singing along with that monk 
And the, the first monk stands up, the second monk sits, you know, kneels down, the second monk continues singing as he makes his way out, and then the door closes, and that monk is now singing. And so the song is unbroken for a million years. If you come into the room not singing, does he just break out of the cage and kill you or something? Huh? No, 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 no. It's just the idea that you never want there to be a moment where the song is not being sung. Do you have to cough or something? So you can, <laughs> hopefully you don't have to pee. Yeah, one thing we did debate. You gotta get like about, three or four people in there. Uh, yeah, you would think. Yeah, you would think because what happens if that person has a heart attack? You know, like die or, or just or coughs just or whatever. Doesn't sing because he doesn't feel like it. Right? Yeah, it goes rogue. Um, so that that yeah, there's there's a kink in the plan there. But I'm I do love kill everybody by something <laughs> for no reason. But I love that idea of of thinking about perpetuating something for a million years. You know, and like again. We have we have no concept of that. Imagine so like all a football of that, game. It's like it's like Quidditch. Just last month. It just keeps on, on going and going. So uh, yeah, all of that just just raises this one way up. I trip. I'm with you. I'm gonna put yeah. this. I'm gonna put this on the list of here's some episodes. Here's this. Here's an yeah. episode that needs to be on your list of must see Doctor Who. And the other cool up thing there was is like Rose and stuff. Yeah, and because this is a new companion on her first adventure outside of of Earth you don't have to necessarily know everything that's happening yeah. to still have a fun ride because you're getting introduced to the stuff as it comes along. So, uh, creep level, Jared said 200 out of 500. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go above 50% and say 275. And here's why, again, I'm, I'm looking at this, you know, from the, the, the young kids perspective, uh, the, the vigil are terrifying. Yeah. yeah. They're absolutely terrifying. God, They're man. Yeah. They, they have to chase the little kid to sacrifice it to the even more terrifying yes, mummy. The terrifying, yeah, exactly. The terrifying creepers are chasing down the little girl to feed her to a like more terrifying monster. And again, the teeth. I'm just yeah. Anyways, uh, so uh, trip. What are you? Wow, trip. What are you gonna give this out of five hundred creep levels? I think it's pretty up there with like just I can't get it out of my head. The guy's like weird fingers when he's like. <laughs> pounding and like smashing into this glass his fingers are just like curled up like that's you're not balling your fist you're hitting <laughs> you're like what are you With doing open hands yeah. yeah all right so you gave it 195 yeah, corbin what about you 175 175 yeah i mean this one definitely Grinch. had some uh some creeps what? this was not uh <laughs> this was not the silence this was not the uh the weeping angels but this was this was pretty this, good it's pretty uh, above that yeah, I think I think we saw too much of the mummy for it to be as terrifying as it could have been if they'd have done it a little differently. But at any rate, all right. So theories, uh, ongoing theories. Uh, what do you guys think about Clara? What's, what's going on? She's Trip, impossible. Trip's got nothing. I still got. Corbin nothing. is just saying something that was said in the episode. <laughs> Trip, you still got nothing. Still got nothing. Why? I'm, I'm, no, I'm you asking. Ex- you just expect me to have a bunch of theories. Well, just because sometimes you just like out of the Spout blue out. nail everything. So I just want you to just Amelia say something. Amelia and nonsense. Rory both die. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Corbin, anything? Last I, time you said I Clara is a ghost. I have nothing, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, well, you said Clara is a ghost. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with that. Oh, you're going to stick with that. Okay. I thought you were saying you have nothing, so you're going to stick with nothing. No. All right, listener input. Uh, Thomas emailed in again, and uh, we've we've been asking, how did you guys uh, find us? How long you've been listening? That kind of thing. He said, "Hey guys, I just wanted to say congrats on a hundred episodes. I started listening in 2018 or 2019, and I started from the very beginning with Rose. Your podcast is a highlight of my week. It's brilliant. You're all brilliant, and I love it. Here's to another 200 and beyond. Sincerely, Thomas. So I don't know if that was a typo." Because we've only done 100, but he's like, here's to another 200. <laughs> so he's like, we better hit episode 300. That's all I've got to say about you that. Better do it. 
Um, I emailed him back and I was like, that is so awesome. Thank you so much. I was like, by the way, how did you find us? And uh, he emailed back and uh, right before we started recording and said that he Googled the title of an episode of Doctor Who and we came up. Oh, wow. So really? I, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He, wait. Okay, how did he say it? up for reference, yep, please. Yep. Oh, no, yeah. how did he say it? We have to, we have to actually. Because I, I, I answered, or I replied to him again. He said, I typed in a Doctor Who episode title. I can't remember which one. And so I replied back again, and I said, was this on iTunes? Was this like a general Google search? Because I want to know where... How popular we are. Well, yeah, like we what was the search term? up on Google? Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. search I'm, I'm betting that he put in the name of a Doctor Who episode into iTunes or something like that. Or maybe it was SoundCloud. I don't know. I don't know how he found us uh, exactly. So we're, we're narrowing in on that. But he did want to chime in and say, uh, it's brilliant, you're all brilliant, and I love it. So that was, that was great. Uh, we also got a gift from a listener, and because of, I still don't remember exactly if I've said who this was and then I got confused on the video. So here's the thing. Uh, we did uh, an unboxing video of the gift and this was in honor of our 100th episode. And so uh, again, I, just, just in case I don't want to say who the person was, but I'll let the person say who they are if they want to. (laughs) And, um, uh, so we, we did an unboxing video. You may have already seen it. Um, I, as of right now, as of recording, I haven't, uh, uploaded it because I gotta, I gotta cut off the front and the back where, Mm -hmm. where we're like, turning on the camera and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's, I'm having trouble clipping it for some reason. It won't clip and save. So uh, we're going to upload it to our Facebook page. So if you haven't seen the video yet, head on over to our Facebook page and you can see what we got because it was awesome. And it was not at all what I was expecting. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting anything. So it was amazing. At any rate, uh, the game plan, guys, next week we're going to be continuing with Series 7 with Episode 8, Cold War. And then after episode nine, we'll be doing our next timey-wimey episode. That's going to be Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And as I said uh, last week, hopefully our plans hold out. Um, as of right now, Bill and Ted Face the Music is slated to come out August 21st. So hopefully by that time, either theaters are back open or they come up with a plan to release it straight to streaming. So as we get closer, we will uh, let you guys know uh, how that's going to work, how you can watch that. And hopefully it'll be something that we can all go to the theater. Uh, and th- you know what guys, now that I'm thinking about it, this may be the first thing we go back to the theater to see. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Um, as of right now, uh, we are, you know, here in Dallas, Texas, Texas is beginning to reopen. This is the first Sunday of May that we're recording. So Texas is, yeah, we're, we're provisionally slowly reopening. So hopefully by, uh, by late August, we'll have that all together and, uh, we'll, we'll be covering that. If not, we'll pivot and we'll, uh, we'll come up with something. All right, so uh, we will definitely keep you posted about that. Uh, guys, until next time, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I am Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the classic Who connection. And shout-outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian, Twitter.com slash Noobs or email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Noobs in the Whovian or Noobs in the Whovian.com slash support. Wherever you found us, make sure that you give us a like, subscribe, throw some stars at our face, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. That was a long wind up. Be whip. <laughs> You're just trying to see how fast you can do that closing bit? <laughs>